Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and our relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Friends, I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, we're talking about how to learn what your feelings are trying to teach you. I love this episode because if you're anything like me, you experience a lot of feelings in any given moment, and you're not always sure what to do with them. For a lot of us, we feel totally overwhelmed by our feelings. Our feelings run the show. They tell us what's true about ourselves and about the world around us. But then others of us tend to stuff our feelings. And as a result, we miss out on so much intimacy with God, with our people, even with ourselves. But there's a third option, a beautiful and better way, and that's what this episode's all about. To talk us through this, I invited my sweet friends, Mac and Ken's back on the show. They are the founders of Delight Ministries and an amazing hub of resources called For the Girl. And they recently came out with a brand new Bible study called In My Feels. I loved this conversation and I cannot wait to share it with you. But before we dive in, guys, I have some super exciting news to share with you. Registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life, officially opened today. You can go right now and register on loveyoursinglelife.com and join us for our fall 2022 LASL class. But I do wanna tell you, registration is only open for a few days, so make sure to sign up soon. Guys, I'm so excited about this and I really would love to have you join us. Love Your Single Life is one of my favorite parts of my job and it's because God has been doing the most incredible things in women's lives through this course. I got a DM a while back from one of our amazing alumni, a woman named Jenny. Jenny gave me permission to share her story and I'm so glad she did. Here's what she sent me. She said, hi, Stephanie, congratulations on your precious little girls. This is overdue, but I wanted to share with you how Love Your Single Life impacted my life. It started on New Year's Eve, 2018, when my sister shared that she had taken the course and it was the highlight of her year because it made her live her life more fully, step out of her comfort zone, try online dating. At the time, she had just started talking to a guy and now they're getting married in March. I was so inspired by my little sister's example that I decided to sign up for the next Love Your Single Life class. And I have to say, it totally changed my perspective. It made me a better person, helped me be open to people I wouldn't have normally sought out. I met an amazing guy that September. He proposed in March. We were married this past September. Now we have a baby due in June. I credit all of these blessings to God and to your course. Thank you so much. Friends, I just could sit here forever feeling overwhelmed and grateful for Jenny's words. And so let's talk logistics. If you haven't had a chance to check out the course yet, here's what it's all about. Love Your Single Life is the only digital course and study for Christian women that teaches a step-by-step plan to help you savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life, all while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Here are just a few of the things we talk about in this four-week course. We talk about how to start really enjoying your single life and making the most of every moment. I'll teach you a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce. We talk about how to find good quality men to date, even when it feels like you've run out of options. We talk about how to invest in your friendships, your relationship with God, your calling and passions in yourself. We'll talk about what to do with your sex drive while you're single because it doesn't wait to show up until we're married, right? We'll talk about how to stay close to your girlfriends, even when you're in different stages of life and so much more. Registration for the course only opens up twice a year, and so make sure to go and sign up today. You can find out all about the course at loveyoursinglelife.com. Again, that's loveyoursinglelife.com, and that link will also be in our show notes. 
The other thing is, I know some of you may be listening to this after the registration window is closed, and that's totally fine. Head to the website anyway, put your name on the waiting list, and you'll be the first to know next time the course opens back up. I can't wait to share this with you. All right, you guys ready? Let's jump into my conversation with Mac and Ken's. All right, friends, I'm so excited for who you get to hear from today. I'm sitting here with my real life friends, Mac and Ken's. Um, you guys, this is like the third time, fourth time? I don't know. We've had you on Girls Night a lot, but it's because we could talk about a million things. We just yes. spent the longest time talking. We're like, oh yeah, we should probably record. So anyway, I feel like we're mid-Girls Night. Welcome everybody else. We're glad that you're here. Yes. Guys, welcome back to the show. <laughs> oh, it's thank like you. cozy here. I feel the cozy vibes because oh. we're just, we're used to this. We know what this is like. If you guys, I love um, it. Okay, if you guys talk about the encounter at Target, this <laughs> podcast, I'm going. Ken, <laughs> well, you're the one that brought it up, not us. Yeah, oh, we good. are going to bring it up. For we are going to talk gonna... about it. Yeah, all the listeners need to know. Basically, Mac and Stephanie ran into each other at Target like on a Saturday night and fell in love. They're like, we're both here at Target. And that was their like <laughs> moment of bonding. And they've talked about it every single episode, I think. So. That is totally not what happened, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, it was that we, we ran into it was that we ran into each other like several Saturday nights in a row. Like yeah. It was just very clear that neither of us had plans and we were both at Target. And it happened enough times that it became embarrassing. Yeah. And then I feel like we were like, yeah. And yes. we're like, okay, great. We're friends. We're I'm just friends. getting the vibe stuff that Ken's is jealous. She wishes <laughs> that she had that bond with you stuff. And it's okay, <laughs> Ken's. Y'all have a special yeah. bond too. Yeah. yeah. We can, well, well, I'll text you next time I'm going to Target and then we can meet there. <laughs> That's okay. amazing. We have, start, we have jumped all the way in the deep end. You guys tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself. Okay. Yay. Okay. Well, um, we are, I'll introduce us together, kind of, sort of. So we're Mac and Ken's. <laughs> we started a college women's ministry called Delight Ministries. This is like our fourth time on this podcast, so I'm sure you know what it is. Um, and we also have a fun little content brand where we write Bible studies and um, also podcasts called For the Girl. And we've been best friends, Mac and I, since college, which has been about 10 years now. And so, yeah, I'm feeling like we're like in it for the long haul, for real, for real. So it's kind we of amazing. Are. Best friends <laughs> are the best. Yes. And is this my time to say my fun fact? It yes. is, unless you need a minute. Do you, Do need, you need a minute? minute? Do you want me to go first? All right, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my fun fact is that I have a deep fear and disdain for paper napkins. What? Literally... And it's been my whole life long. And I literally, when I was a kid, I used to tell people I was allergic to napkins because I hated napkins so much. And I haven't grown out of it still to this day. Like, and especially now being married, Tyler is a napkin user and baller upper. And so they really grossed me out at that point. And, but he's actually gotten really sweet. He hides them from me. He like puts them under the table. He'll leave it in his hands and put it under the table so I don't have to see it because I seriously cannot focus if there is a gross used paper napkin on the table. I can't handle it. It's the grossest thing to me ever. Oh my... Okay, so how do you... What do you do at like... 
Well, right? do you bring your own like, BYO cloth napkin? Yeah. Well, you know, at night, nice, at night restaurants, the cloth napkins don't bother me. Like, I like a cloth napkin. Totally cool with a cloth napkin. I don't know. Like, I just don't use napkins, which I know I still get dirty, but I guess I just wash my hands right up. I honestly don't know how I survive, but like, I will use a napkin and I will like blot my hand on it, like blot it. But I, the moment it gets like balled up and gross, that's when it grosses me out. So I'm just very gentle with my napkins, I guess. This no is one crazy. is going to... I, I'm never going to look at a napkin the same. Honestly, <laughs> <Never>. same. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> so um, this is like not even my fun fact, but I have a friend who um, eats French fries and doesn't eat the ends of them. Ew, really? So she just like leaves... Yeah, she'll just like, chew, like eat a French fry and then just like leave. Like, it it's out? almost like that's like the handle. No, she just will like, she'll, exactly. she's holding it in one hand. She'll like, choose, choose, And then when there's like the little ends left, she'll just like put it down. So when she's but, done with a plate of French fries, they're not gone. There's just like a bunch of ends. But <laughs> does she chew one end? Because don't you have to eat one of the ends? Yeah. To get yes, to the you other? have to eat. You That's sure do. So I bizarre. <laughs> I know. I know. I love it. I know. For some reason, I'm just so grossed out by that and I do not know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that deserved an ew, kids. No. Yeah, in, in real, it's not, it doesn't, it's not gross, but it is just such a weird, like, you're such a weirdo. What are you doing? Okay, no, right, that guns. feels gross. I love that you said it's like the, ha- she uses it as the handle. The handle, the fry handle. Me. <laughs> okay. Um, my fun fact, this is actually a great one and it's really true. I'm not exaggerating. I steam my face every single morning. I like boil a pot of water over the stove and I steam my face. Yeah. Okay. Well, and t- and then <laughs> after she's done steaming her face, she cooks her eggs in that water. I boil eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's really weird. It's really weird. I thought you were going to leave that out. And I was like, you can't leave that out. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was going to add that in, but that's, that's, well, I feel like that's not that weird to boil eggs every morning. That's why the fun fact was that it that I use it as like a face steamer as well. Yeah. So. I think pot. okay. I think that if you would have said them in reverse, it would have been fine. Oh. As it is, I'm grossed out. <laughs> yeah. You were boiling <laughs> eggs in your face water. And yes. I get it like you're I, if you said I steam my face ew. in my egg water, I'd be like, <laughs> that's fine. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna give you an ew. I'm going to give you yeah, an ew. It's really <laughs> awesome. That and is the really... most justifiable ew that we've heard thus far is Ken uh-huh. steaming her face in eggs. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. is really no reason for it. Like, I'm not like trying to have good skin. I At this point, it's just like an addiction. It's so weird. I'm like, I can't wait every day to like steam my face. It's like cozy. It's like warms me up. It like feels fresh. Like when I don't like steam it, my pores aren't opened. I feel like I'm like, just like keeping the germs on my face. Like it's really weird. It's like my face needs it now. Yeah, you should try it. Everybody should try it. <sighs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I get the face steaming thing I'm into. It's the, it's the eggs afterwards You're that really get me. I am. Um, okay, while we're doing this, and then I swear you guys, we are going to move on. Okay. Um, my gross thing that I can't handle is like in full force right now because as we're talking, so this is going to come out like right after we recorded it. Okay. Um, it's almost Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there are pumpkins everywhere, which means there's like gourds everywhere, which means there's like the bumpy, mm. like misshapen, like things, uh, things growing on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
gourds. And I have a thing, and my dad has it too. So I feel like not alone in things that grew in like weird things that have things growing on them. Yeah. Just really gets me. And so like people seem fine mm. with like, the warts like, on the pumpkins. Yeah. Mac just put some wart pumpkins on her no, front No, they're not wart pumpkins. But while we were buying the pumpkins, because we were buying the like um, heirloom, is that what they're called? Heirloom pumpkins or whatever, the like weird ones. But no one knows. While we were shopping, they had the ones that had the nasty bumps on them. And I was like, gross. But I mean, like, it's really not that gross when you think about it, but it is gross just looking at it. I know. I don't know. It's, it's, and it's like, it's pretty all, like, all encompassing. Anything that's like that, where it's like something's growing yeah. on something else. I'm yeah. just like, can't, can't. Sometimes my sweet potatoes, like, get those, like, long, like, uh, 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 yeah, oh, they're like, like long. Rotten. That's not good. Are they? I honestly never have known like what's happening. That means that you're getting old and it's like growing weird stuff on it. Yeah. Like I'll like go into my like fruit bowl and I'll be like, whoa, this has like a foot Uh -uh. long. (laughs) No, that is my actual. Okay. We have to move on. We have have to to move move on. on. Okay. So you guys (laughs) just had two. (laughs) You guys just had two new books come out. Yes. Yes, we did. That is wild. Tell us. Um, tell us about them. Tell us like the backstory of them. Um, I I can't wait to hear about this. Yes. Okay. So we have a Bible study that just came out and it's called In My Feels, How to Feel God When You're Not Feeling It. And it explores eight core emotions that we all feel and what happens when we dwell in those feelings or we suppress those feelings or we just kind of ignore that those feelings are happening in our lives. They often turn sour and morph into often the negative sides of feelings that we often can identify with. And then also we explore the invitation that Jesus offers us in every feeling because feelings as created by God are actually almost pathways for us to experience Him more intimately. And so that's in my feels, it dives into those eight core feelings. You're digging into scripture, really exploring like what God has to say about each of those feelings. And then to go with it, we have a devotional called For When I'm In My Feels that is a 40-day prayer and reflection journal and kind of like just meditation place where you can really begin to uh, press into those feelings. So every day the devotional is like for when I'm feeling anxious, for when I'm feeling uh, rejected, from when I'm feeling disappointed, all of these different like spectrum of emotions that we often feel and there's scripture and just a place for you to process that with Jesus. And so it's been really cool, uh, this whole journey. So uh, we were just telling you stuff beforehand, but Uh, When we were in college, we started this Bible study. And originally, we went to a Lifeway bookstore to look for a Bible study to use in this Bible study that we were starting. And we looked everywhere, and there were a ton of Bible studies for like college or for high school girls and middle school girls. There's a ton for for moms, you know, all the Beth Moore studies out there. But there Mm -hmm. just wasn't a lot for the kind of that in-between age, that age where maybe girls were in college or recently out of college. And gosh, just what you're going through in that time is so different than what a mom's experiencing and what a high school girl is experiencing. And so we ended up just kind of picking something random and then kind of spent the next 10 years uh, essentially like creating space for that in-between generation and that in-between age 
And then about a year ago, Lifeway, that that bookstore that we went into, they also have a publishing arm. They reached out to us about writing a Bible study for that generation. And so uh, we got to, to write the very study that we were looking for 10 years before. And it's been super cool. And kind of through that whole journey, just this idea that college women, young adult women, one of the things that I think we're most kind of stuck in is often our feelings. Like we're way better at processing our feelings probably than our parents' generations who mm-hmm. were a little bit more like you ignore feelings. You don't, you don't let them like tell you anything about your life. And then kind of like a pendulum, our generation switched to being really controlled by our feelings. And we're much more familiar with a lot of great things, vulnerability. We're comfortable with therapy. We know about words like anxiety and depression. But oftentimes, we then allow our feelings to tell us more about who we are than who God says we are. And so this study is really about kind of finding that middle ground of not... Uh, getting stuck in your feelings, not letting your feelings tell you who you are, but also not ignoring them and also learning how to value your feelings because they're telling you something really important about what's going on inside of you and how you can actually use every single one of your feelings to step into deeper intimacy, deeper connection with God and with the people around you. So uh, it's been really fun kind of just like going on this journey of getting in our feels. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love hearing too the story of how it came about in the 10 years when um, when I first started blogging. So it was like, at this point, I think it was probably, it was maybe 10 years ago or maybe 11 years ago. Um, I heard someone speak about starting anything. You know, if you want to start and grow a thing or become a blank. So I think some, I heard someone ask him like, you know, how long how long does it take to to get where you want to go or to make mm-hmm. it or whatever and the guy said give it 10 years mm-hmm. and that was so discouraging to like everyone in the audience they're like <laughs> 10 years that is so like you know if you say and i want to start a podcast how long until it becomes a thing you know whatever that means if someone said like give it 10 years you're like i'm so discouraged that sounds yeah. like forever but i i loved that advice because it just gave me it like reframed um I don't know. It just reframed what the process looks like of building anything that's good. Um, and so I love, I love women getting to hear that, like, you know, you guys didn't like pop up on Instagram like you know yesterday or like, <laughs> um, and then you know publish a book. It's it's a really long process, mm-hmm. but it's so good. And you guys know so much more today than you did ten years ago. And you have so many like you guys get to share all the things you've learned over the ten years. And um, I just yeah, I, I think that there's the kind of this idea that. Um, that that idea of overnight success, you know, yeah. and and so I just love I love women getting to hear that ten year uh, cycle. That's just really beautiful. Yeah, it's so cool. It was actually really funny. We just celebrated. Um, we did like a ten year birthday party for Delight at our last little conference event thing, and we had like photo shoot outside, and it was like a disco theme. I had little disco glasses on. It was hilarious. But I was telling everybody, I was like going around the room, <laughs> like being weird, I guess. And I was like, guys, guess how old you were when we started Delight? And like this is college age girls, so they're like in their, I guess, twenty. 21, 22 or whatever. 
And it was 10 years. So I was like, you were 11 years old when I started Delight or you were 12 years old. And honestly, it was just fun for me to get the shock factor because they like had never put themselves in those shoes. But I also, I love the conversation too, because I just don't think that it's always noticed too. Like, and even for Mac and I, like people don't know that. Like people don't notice that, know all the work that went into it. It's kind of something that you just almost endure alone. But the sad thing is, is that people do just see it and they just think it happened right away. I mean, hopefully we look young enough and they're like, oh my gosh, they've probably been doing this for like two years. Like crazy. That like (laughs) happened right away for them. And it's just so not true. Mm -hmm. So to be able to share the story in the process is like actually Mm -hmm. really fun. And like, I like enlightening people with that because it does take hard work and like a lot of obedience and a lot of sacrifice over a lot of years. But I also mm-hmm. say that's like been some of the best parts. Like yeah, it's yeah. so it's been so much fun. Like the in-between part and the like working really hard and the behind the scenes when no one saw it and stuff. Like that was like yeah. so fun. Some of the most like hilarious moments because we messed up so much and we still do. But I mean, back then it was just like crash and burn moments that like you honestly just laugh so hard at and like it's just fun. And the journey has been such a joy and built so much intimacy with Jesus too. So yeah. I love yeah. that. I love and I was going to say, I think what's so cool is in the 10 years, God has done so much work on my heart. Like if something cool like this would have happened year two, year three, I think I would have taken myself way more seriously. Like I think I would have been like, wow, I'm really cool and I'm a big deal. And uh, like, I think I would have tried to to prove that I was worth worthy of that kind of honor or worthy of that. And there was something in the journey of 10 years where I felt like God really loosened my identity to all of these things to where like, yeah, this is such a fun and cool thing. And I love it. And the 10 year ago, me would have been blown away that this happened. Um, but the five year ago, me would have been probably too into it or probably scared out of her mind that someone was going to find out that she was a phony or something like that. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's something really beautiful to what God does while you wait, uh, how he loosens kind of the grip you have on it and how he really makes it not about you. And I think now I'm so excited about all the girls who are going to encounter Jesus through and experience Jesus through it. And to be honest, it's way less exciting that people are going to know my name. You know, it's just like a, it's a, it's a really cool thing that God does on the journey and in process that like, I think if you, if you get the dream too soon, that your heart, your heart's almost not ready for that. And your heart will, will twist it and distort it into other things that like are not necessary for what God might want to do through that thing. And so I think that's just been fun for me as I'm like, I'm so thankful that it took 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I heard someone, I love that. I, I remember having a conversation about like the idea of, you know, going viral or getting discovered or, you know, for whatever like, you know, realm you're working in. Um, and this was a really long time ago. And we talked about like, what happens if something that you make like gets really big, really fast? Like that's our hope. You know, that's always for all of us. We're like, yeah. I'm going to, you know, make this thing and everyone's going to find out about it and it's going to get really big. But like, it would be really scary to be standing on a stage that was too high, too fast. Mm -hmm. Like there's something really like to have your first interview be with Oprah. Like, yikes. You know, you want to like (laughs) practice a little first. You know, you want to try it out. You don't want to 
have have your first go be on such a a, a big stage. And mm-hmm. so there is something so important to the practice and the small steps forward. And I heard someone say that success is a long, slow walk in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And like it it is, you know, and and you're so much more ready for the next thing because you went through the previous thing. It like it's walking through that that gets you ready that teaches you like that's how God prepares you and teaches you what you need to know and um, I just yeah I'm so I think it's just really discouraging when you're doing something new and it feels like it's not growing as fast as someone else's thing to know that like it really does take a long time for almost everybody and I think it's like there are a lot of challenges to having something grow too quickly that you don't encounter when you get to go a little bit slower like yeah. you're talking about Mac. So anyway, I don't I feel like I feel like there's just maybe someone who needs to who needs that encouragement. Yeah. But yeah. for anyone, for everyone else, we'll totally get back to the, to the Bible study because that's <laughs> what we're talking about. Um okay, so um there's so there's so many questions I want to ask about this, about feelings. I, I know that you guys identified eight core feelings. Talk to me about those. Yeah. Okay, so the eight core emotions, it was really fun. We read this book from Chip Dodd. It's called Voice of the Heart. And have you read it before? Uh, no, but my counsel, one of my counselors talked about it like a ton. So I'm Okay, I'm yeah, yeah. So exactly. It's a common... Um, well, Chip, he wrote this book and he's also... I believe he's a therapist and counselor. And then his practice or model has been also used by therapists and counselors nationally. And so, yeah, we took that same model that we find in therapy. It's like, there, if you even Google it, you can you can find this little chart. It's like the eight core emotions and then how they can be, how they can like grow what we're calling sour. I'm not sure what they're calling it. And then how, what, like, how they can be healthy as well. And this same chart, my mother-in-law, she's actually a therapist and she says she has this chart in her office and just sits on the wall because as you're talking with patients or for us, which this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this book is that it's a great just discipleship tool. It gives you the language. Like when I sit across the table, just like with a coffee with a friend or with somebody I'm discipling and she's talking about maybe resentment that she's had in her life. And typically I wouldn't have known the language. I would just be listening to her like, oh, dang, that's tough. Oh, shoot. Okay, let's dig in a little bit more. But what we see through these eight core emotions is one of the core emotions is hurt. So feeling really hurt. And the sour side of hurt is resentment. So it might show its colors, like she's really angry or resentful, but the core, the root of it is her hurt. And so knowing and being able to see these things and knowing the core emotions is just an easy way to give you language and direction and navigating your feelings. So it wasn't invented by us. It was taken from the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting too, because of the eight core emotions, we would probably all identify seven of them as negative emotions. Uh, so those would be things like hurt, loneliness, uh, fear, shame, guilt, uh, sadness, anger. And then the last one is joy. And um, of those eight, we'd all say, oh my goodness, why are there seven negative and only one positive? But the truth is that every single one of these emotions in itself, our culture has identified as negative, but there's actually something really beautiful in feeling that emotion. But often what we know is that distorted side of the feeling, the sour side of the feeling when, when hurt turns into resentment, 
where on the flip side of what Kenza's saying, the invitation in her is healing. So it's only through admitting our hurt that we can walk towards healing. And so there's actually something really valuable in feeling the feeling of hurt and uh, identifying that and saying, hey, I'm hurting. Because when you're hurting, that is the first step towards healing. Um, And so it's just been a really interesting thing for me as a girl who's like, Ken's and I always talk about the difference in feelers and stuffers. So, So like probably half of the population are people who just like feel their emotions and can't help but be overcome by tears and uh, love sad movies and things like that. And then there's maybe the other half who are like, feelings, bad. I must stay away from them. I must not feel them. And I'm definitely a stuffer. Like I stuff my feelings. I ignore them until they come, you know, exploding out of me. But (laughs) I often don't don't want to admit that I'm feeling any of these feelings. And so for me, it's just been a really beautiful thing to say, hey, I'm feeling hurt. And that's not something I need to be ashamed of. That's not something I need to to run from or like type in a bow or, or deal with on my own. Like there's something really beautiful in just saying, I feel hurt. And as soon as I admit that, God can speak so much into that. And so even just like, I don't know, I just feel like a new woman, honestly, being like, yes, feelings, they're so good. And they're so powerful if we're willing to identify, admit them, and then take those to the feet of Jesus. I love that. What, um, so tell me, okay, tell me again what the, this is, I feel like this is going to be hard. So we'll have to just link to the chart. Mm -hmm. Um, But tell, tell me again what the eight, are and then is on one side it's what like how you guys said like if they turn sour and then mm-hmm. what the invitation is mm-hmm. yeah you want to can see you all go eight? through yeah do all eight and tell me like you know this one and then the sour side is this the invitation is this just so we can kind Perfect. of get a picture okay yes we can kind of go back and forth on this okay so the first core emotion is hurt the sour side of hurt is resentment and then the invitation is healing mm-hmm. okay. So that's hurt. Okay, we have loneliness. So lonely is the core emotion. I feel like this is probably one I resonated the most with while writing this study. The sour side is apathy, like feeling really apathetic about your state of loneliness. And then the invitation is intimacy, which makes so much sense. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So good. Okay, wait, I don't have my book in front of me. (laughs) Oh, I can run through them. Okay, then there's sadness. Sadness is one of the core emotions. And the the sour side is self-pity. And then the invitation is embrace. Um, Like embracing the Lord and faith. Then the next one is anger. Um, feeling really angry. When we wrote this chapter, I was like, oh, Mac, this one's for you. This one is your chapter. <laughs> um, but the sour side is bitterness. And then the invitation is passion, showing like, it's like you're passionate about something, but it might look mm-hmm. as if it's anger. Um, and then fear is another core emotion. Um, the sour side is really prevalent in our generation and that's anxiety. Um, just feeling really anxious, trying to control our life, which we really can't control. Um, but really the core of that is fear. And then the invitation is is faith, um, you know, believing that God's gonna pull through for you. And that does seem like surface level and cheesy in a way, but it but if you dig in, there's so much there. Then there's shame. This is another core emotion, shame. 
the sour side is self-rejection. And then the invitation is humility. Um, That was pretty eye-opening for me. I was like, there's no way shame can be actually a good emotion. But I really do think that it builds so much humility inside of us if we put on new lens for it. And then there's the next one is guilt. Um, The sour side is pride. Um, That's real. I've experienced that in my life. And then um, the invitation is freedom. Um, And then the last one is the positive one, or at least we see it as positive, and that's joy. And then the sour side, though, of joy can be cheap pleasure, you know, just grabbing on to things that are quick fixes. And then the invitation is full, full life. The uh, study as we dug into the word and looked at Jesus's life and how he experienced joy was like so powerful. I was like so hype about it. So <laughs> it's like the end of the study and it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. 
More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Hey friends, I wanted to pop in for one quick second because our show would not be possible without our sponsors. And so I wanted to take a quick second to thank the company sponsoring us today. Our sponsor today is a company I love. It's HelloFresh. Now, I know that lots of y'all have heard of them, but just in case you haven't, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. There is nothing better than cozying up and having a home-cooked meal during the fall. But as you guys know already, I am not the best cook. Now, I've definitely gotten better over the years, but I just do not love meal planning or cooking. It's not my gift. Plus, these days, cutting down on shopping time and meal prep is absolutely essential. And that's why I love HelloFresh. So first of all, with HelloFresh, there's something for everyone, including vegetarian, calorie smart choices, and family-friendly recipes. I made these incredible HelloFresh taquitos a few nights ago, and you guys, they were so good. I'm gonna be thinking about them for ages. And not only is the food delicious, but the process of making it is so easy. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits, so you know which ingredients go with which recipe, and that means there's less waste. And I'm telling you guys, I'm a beginner in the kitchen, and even I can cook these recipes. They're so simple. They come outlined on pictured step-by-step instruction cards. They'll walk you all the way through the whole thing, And it actually feels like a fun cooking lesson. I know how to make taquitos now. That's pretty impressive, right? I'm also a huge fan of HelloFresh because it's actually over 72% cheaper than eating an average restaurant meal. And their pre-portioned ingredients help so that no food is wasted. That's great news for those of us on a budget, right? Plus, HelloFresh owns Green Chef, another one of our amazing sponsors. So there are even more meal plans to choose from. I love switching between the brands and now my listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me. Speaking of discounts, I love HelloFresh even more because they want to give you a promo code to get 65% off plus free shipping. If you go to hellofresh.com slash girlsnight65 and use code girlsnight65, you can get 65% off plus free shipping. Again, go to hellofresh.com slash girlsnight65 and use code girlsnight65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls Night. We just love having you. 
So, okay, talk me through, like, I know you guys have learned so much in in writing this. Um, Talk to me about, like, the life cycle of an emotion. So, like, something happens, you feel something, and then is it that you get, like, a choice between these things? Or, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I guess talk me through, like, uh, does that make sense, the life cycle of an emotion? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think... um, I think in any feeling where kind of what we talked about before is like, we probably all have our natural tendency to either like feel the feeling maybe almost too much, whereas it can almost tell us who we are. Like we let the feeling control us. Or maybe your tendency is to stuff the feeling and to say, nope, I'm not feeling that feeling. And I'm actually going to run away from that feeling. And so I think number one, it's really important to recognize where you are on that spectrum, you know, and to know like, what is your tendency when a feeling kind of pops up in you? Because throughout your day, you are feeling a myriad of feelings and emotions. (laughs) And it's almost like just paying attention to your feelings is step one and being like, what am I feeling? And so the very first thing I think is just like naming what you're feeling and naming it in the simplest of terms. Because oftentimes the feelings that we know are just distorted versions of other feelings. So for example, anxiety is a distorted version of fear. So anxiety is rooted in some sort of fear that you're feeling. Fear of the unknown, fear of rejection, fear of disappointment, uh, fear of so many things. And so it's kind of like getting back to like, okay, not just like, what am I feeling? And what is like, culture called that feeling. But what am I really, really feeling here? What am I really afraid of? So naming the feeling, I think is number one, because if you don't name the feeling, and if you don't kind of recognize the feeling, that's often when it turns sour. It's when we choose to kind of like do what we're most likely to do, which for me is stuff it. So when I ignore it and go, I'm not actually afraid of anything. Like, I'm not afraid. Like, let me muster up my own courage and strength to get over this. That for me is when that feeling can churn and distort into the sour side, which is going to be anxiety. Because the, the truth is, I'm afraid of something. Like, I'm afraid of maybe like disappointing somebody. And by me kind of like trying to take the control on my own, take control of something that I cannot actually have control of, I'm still allowing myself to kind of spiral into this thing called anxiety that we all know super well. And so really the choices in that feeling is number one, are you going to recognize it? Are you going to say what it is? You're going to call it out for what it is? And then are you going to feel that with Jesus? I think that is the core here is that like, think about it. God created feelings. Like feelings are not out of his construct of creation. Like they were a part of how we were created, a part of our DNA. And I believe that everything created by God was created for him, created for us to be almost these like signposts for us to recognize him, for us to turn to him and go towards him. And so my recognition of my fear I can either try to deal with my fear on my own, by my own principles and my own mechanism, and that's when it turns sour, or I can go to the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm feeling afraid. And I can let God speak into that feeling and I can let God help me process through that feeling. And that's often when we step into the invitation in every feeling. So for fear, the invitation is faith. So like 
True faith only happens in the face of real fear. You cannot have the beauty and the gift of faith without the realness of fear being there. And so when I go to Jesus and I feel my fear with him and I let him speak into my fear, I'm actually getting this incredible gift to step into what it really means to have true faith and to to walk out my faith and to work out my faith and to let God the one who is in control, be who he says he is and to show me what that looks like. And so I think that's really the choice we all have is, are you going to deal with your feelings by your own mechanisms and like spiral into all these other things? Or when you feel that feeling, are you going to go, hey, I need to go feel this and I need to go process this at the feet of Jesus and let him speak into this and step into this beautiful, deeper invitation that he might want to offer me in this feeling that I'm so used to dealing with on my own. That's so good. That is so good. I love that. Talk to me. Have you guys, I mean, I know that you guys have had to reflect on this a lot um, over the course of writing this book, but I just as we're kind of wrapping our minds around this, around the like, you feel something, something happens and you feel something and you have, you know, a buffet of options of what you can <laughs> do with that thing. Actually, this is so something that I've like kind of been doing over the years um, that I think I'm hopefully getting better at. But like there have been times where I'll feel something like all of a sudden I'm feeling like sad or like it's like my heart feels heavy. And I'm like, what happened? Like, how did I get to this place? And I'll have to like go back through my thoughts. Like, what was I thinking about? I mean, you know, I'm grocery shopping or something. I'm like, what was I thinking about? What sparked this? And then it's like, four trains of thought back, you know, I realized something or I saw something or like, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram and you're not paying attention to, or like all of a sudden you're feeling sad mm-hmm. and you're like, what did I see that made me sad? And you're like, oh, you know, so-and-so had an event and I wasn't there. I guess I'm feeling mm-hmm. left out, but I didn't even realize it. I just was just kind of sort of inexplicably feeling sad. And it just takes some intentionality. It takes a minute to like grab onto the rope and like trace your way back to the beginning of it. Um, but if you don't do that, then you just are sort of run by this like sad feeling that, you know, maybe you end up being grumpy with the people around you or, you know, it just, it comes out in some way or another. But yeah, if you can trace it back, you can be like, okay, well, why am I feeling like this in the first place? And then you get to decide what to do about it. I know that you guys have thought about this a ton in your own life. Can you guys give me some examples or like what, just an example that stands out of a time that you felt this way? And maybe you like did the right thing or maybe you did the wrong thing or maybe you did one and the other or something. I just, I want to, I would just love a couple more examples of this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could probably give a lot. Um, one thing that I I think about right away is just me and Max's uh, friendship and relationship. You know, we've been best friends forever, have made a lot of big decisions together, run this business together. And there's been a lot of times where I have maybe been hurt by Mac. Like Mac said something to me that, or in this is vice versa. I am not like putting Mac down right now, but like I'm trying <laughs> to think of even a specific moment. Like I'm late all the time. And maybe one time I get onto the call and she's like, what? Why would you be late? She just flashes out at me or whatever it is. And then I might go back to Josh, my husband at the dinner table. And I'm like, hey, like today, Mac yelled at me about being late and now I don't like her and I feel really hurt by her. And I just maybe rattle off like a ton of 
what sounds like resentment. Actually, I didn't even say I was hurt by her. I didn't say that at all. I probably with Josh was like, I really don't like Mac today or she's just a grumpy old woman or I don't (laughs) think I ever want to work with her again. I'm saying like all these ugly things maybe. And really though, the really I'm just, I'm hurt. And by Mac. And if I was to go into a conversation with her and hopefully I'd get there the next day where I'm like, hey, Mac, let's have a quick talk. Like instead of me just functioning out of resentment towards you, I mm-hmm. want to just have a heart to heart. Like a heart to heart goes so far. Like I've felt a little bit hurt by you. And yeah, I know I was late, but you could have said it kinder or whatever the, the conversation might be. And going back to the root of the issue, instead of letting the resentment fuel our relationship. And gosh, there's been so many times where we've gone way too long without a heart to heart, like (laughs) where Mm -hmm. maybe like something happened worse than being late and we just let it go on for a month without like addressing the root issue, but just functioning out of like bitterness and functioning out of like dislike for each other. and, Mm -hmm. um, And yeah, so I love like, for us and our friendship, these conversations have gone so far where we can like really, and that's what the invitation is through her is is healing, choosing to to step into that healing and have that hard conversation that mends things again and to do that not alone, but with the Lord too. And yeah, so anyways, that's, a, that's one that comes to my mind. <laughs> it's crazy because like, if you don't do that, if you don't have that conversation or if you just like stay in, if you just like feel the hurt and like either shove it down or like fan the flames of it and let it turn into resentment, like it really can steal such real things from you. Like Mm -hmm. how many friendships have ended because of something like that? And it's like, you know, someone's hurt and, and so they respond poorly in the next conversation. Well, then then other person's hurt by that. And then Mm -hmm. it just kind of becomes this like compound effect of misunderstanding until like, or or maybe like the next day, Ken's, you're, you're kind of short with Mac because you're mad at her. And, and Mac is like, well, I guess Ken's doesn't like me anymore or something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. it really can like very real, important things can be lost pretty quickly because of unrecognized and un dealt with, I guess. That's not really yes. a term, but yeah. um, emotions. Yeah, feelings. Yes. Yeah. Our emotions have so much weight. It's like so real. I was just talking to a friend the other day that um, his wife got in like a bad car accident and was in the hospital. And he said that while she was in the hospital, she went to buy groceries or he went to buy groceries. And he said he got in the grocery aisle, the grocery store, and literally like was lost in the grocery store. Like he just like couldn't find his way or like couldn't find anything or do anything while she was in the hospital. And it was like, he was like, all right, why am I even trying to like move forward right now? Why am I like trying to be productive? Why am I trying to like get my to-do list done when things just feel so heavy? And so to what you were saying earlier, Steph, like, that's an extreme version, but like, it's true that sometimes our feelings and our emotions when they're undealt with, like we we are going to feel like lost and we're not going to think straight. We're not going to make smart decisions. And so I think it really is important to pause, like to not be so hard on yourself to like, just keep pushing through your day to day, but to be like, okay, where is this coming from? And usually on a, on a smaller level, like you really can adjust those things, even just in a moment of prayer with the Lord and or in a conversation, like even just having one friend that you can call, that's like your go-to friend. That's like, mm-hmm. hey, 
I don't really want to like podcast today, Mac, because I feel like super sad. Like I just feel really mm-hmm. sad today. And like if I'm going to keep doing this, it's just not going to be like, it's not going to work. It's not going to make sense. It's not going to be purpose-filled. Like, and just like not doing it and choosing that, but having that one person you can call. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. it's just our feelings have so much power. And when he told me that story, I was like, whoa, that's like so real. I feel that on a really small level, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mac, what about you? Yeah, uh, I think I think one that for that I feel like we're kind of facing in my day to day life right now that's so real that I'm I'm kind of on the flip side of it is like I'm receiving an emotion that somebody else is feeling and so um, my husband we've been we've been married for like five months now but he moved from Cincinnati to North Carolina which is where I live and so there's a lot of sadness that comes with moving he's lived in Cincinnati as lifelong and picked up everything, left his family, left his friends, left his job, literally left everything to move and to join my life. And although that came with so much joy and so much good, it also came with a lot of sadness. And um, I think we having to walk through that together has been really hard and really difficult because when I see him feel sad, I'm like, I need to stop. I need to help him get unsad. You know, I'm like, I need to help him get unsad. What can I do like to make him happy again and all these things? And um, the kind of the sour side of sadness is is self-pity. And I know for me, like when I'm sad, self-pity is like so easy to jump into where I'm just like, I mean, poor me, like I have it worse and blah, blah, blah. And so I think sometimes like I put him in that box, like where I'm like, even like I feel the sadness and I'm like, I feel sad for him. And then I'm like, oh, but like, poor me, because I have to kind of like deal with your sadness. <laughs> and like, you know, and I spiral into it, even though I'm not the one feeling sad initially. And so we've kind of had to like walk through these, this craziness together. But what I love is the invitation and sadness is embrace. And the idea of embrace is that you're embracing that like you lost something that had a lot of value that really mattered. And so when you embrace something, you're actually celebrating the fact that something was really valuable in your life. And something was so valuable that you are giving yourself permission to be sad at not having it anymore. And I love that embrace, there's kind of two steps to that. Number one, I think when we choose to embrace, we're saying, hey, God, like, I'm going to let you embrace me in this. Like, I'm going to let you be the one that holds me in this pain and in this sadness that I'm feeling. And then number two, I think that God then equips us to be able to kind of embrace whatever it is that we're left with on the other side of that sadness and to kind of go, okay, God, I'm kind of looking around at the rebel or the rubble of what's left of this kind of like earthquake that happened in my life. But like, how can I begin to pick up the pieces and to build something out of what's left behind here? And so I don't know, that's just one thing that I, as someone who's like walking in day in, day out with someone who's experiencing sadness of losing something that really mattered, for me to know that the best thing I can do for him is not to like let him sit in self-pity and definitely not to self-pity myself, but for us to together embrace the beauty 
of what it is that he had to leave behind to come here. And for me to celebrate that with him and to remind him every day and for me to remember that those things mattered so much, those things had value. And together, like we can process through sadness by both of us embracing that and recognizing the beauty and the value and celebrating what it is that he's had to say no to, to be able to say yes to this. And so I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just kind of a real one that I feel like my husband and I are in right now. You guys, I mean, I know we ha- I t- know we talked about this, probably especially when we first met each other, but like I can relate to that so fully. Um, I mean, both neither Carla or I are from Nashville, but we moved here right when we got married. And like the loneliness was absolutely crushing in the first year that we were married. And not because of him, like he's amazing. And I feel like our first year of marriage was really good too. It, but I just didn't have any friends. And it just... It, it is so, moving is so hard. And I, and you know, maybe it's not always hard. Maybe it's not hard for everybody, but like I can relate to that sadness um, yeah. really seriously. And, and also it's really hard when people close to you are feeling strong emotions because yeah. we can interpret them in different ways and we can take them on. Like that's a conversation that happens a lot in our house of like, like, why are you cranky? Well, I'm cranky because you were cranky. Okay, well, that is not helping the situation <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah, every, everything that you said is so real. What have you guys learned? You know, the thing that's hard about our emotions or our feelings is that they are really consuming, I think. They just are kind of this like wave that crashes down on you. Have you guys like come across any tips or like techniques or anything to like, I don't know, like help when help in that moment when it crashes over you so that we don't like respond poorly or respond the way that we don't want to, or like, so we don't get caught up, so caught up in our, in our feelings that we take them to a sour place. Oh, that's good. I definitely feel like it's different for every person and kind of knowing yourself and the wave of your emotions is so important. But I think we've kind of named a couple even through our conversation. Like the first one is just identifying what you're feeling and maybe even knowing and memorizing these core emotions. This isn't just from our study, but through everybody, like these core emotions are really real. And if you can like actually name it and point a finger to it, I think that brings a ton of clarity, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. I really do believe that there's moments of prayer. I mean, there are mornings where I wake up and I'm like, okay, like I for sure, I'm going to like have quiet time because like, you know, I'm in the middle of my study and I want to keep it up. But then there's other moments where I'm like, I really don't want to walk out the door because I feel like something heavy or some anxiety or some anger. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need to just like write this down. I need to pause, not only like talk it out, but like listen and, and hear mm-hmm. from God. And and it sounds really like just maybe spiritual, but there's so much beauty there. And it is, and it's really, those moments are super, super powerful. And yeah. like I said too, even talking about it with a friend, like sometimes I'm like, hey, I can't just pretend like this is okay. Like, and it doesn't mean that you have to tell everybody um, but one person like, and you have your husband too, but maybe even outside of that girlfriend or something where you can be like, Hey, this is like actually how I'm feeling. And I'm not just going to like sugarcoat this of how I'm feeling. Like, I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm feeling. I'm not going to hide this. And 
even when it feels really embarrassing. I had like the most embarrassing, weird thought the other day that I told Mac and it felt good to just like get it off my chest. I could not talk about it on this podcast, Mac. I look, I know she's <laughs> thinking to herself, what was I it? Am. I'm like, but she tells, I think you tell me frequently <laughs> weird things you think. <laughs> yeah. That is so me. That's friendship. That yeah, is friendship. It was through that conversation that it like got off of my chest and gave me a lot of clarity too. So yeah, anyway, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I was going to add to, I think one thing that's been super powerful for both of us and that's just been really cool is I would say, read through the gospels through the lens of feelings and emotions because they're there way more than you've probably ever let yourself realize or seen before. And just this idea that Jesus, although he was fully God, he was also fully human, which means he felt and experienced and walked through the just day-to-day feelings and emotions that we feel all the time too. I mean, like Jesus felt angry. Jesus felt hurt. Jesus felt sad. Uh, Jesus felt so many of these things that we feel. And it's super beautiful to watch how he processes and walks through feelings and emotions. And that's so much of what the Bible study is about is like, hey, let's look at Jesus, the guy uh, who really does, the guy who's able to walk on this earth, feeling the feelings that we felt, but who was able to do it without sin, who was able to do it without harm. And I think there's just so much to be gained and so much to be learned by studying scripture and looking at how Jesus responds to feelings and emotions, because I think that same invitation is just available for all of us to respond in the way that he responded and not to villainize our feelings, but to embrace our feelings and realize that they're telling us something really important that matters. And I think like what we said of just recognizing is recognizing that your feeling is the language of your heart. That's what Chip Dodd says, the, the, the guy that we love. He says, you know, your the feelings are the voices of your heart that tell you what's going on inside. So they're really important and we have to pay attention to them. And we have to be able to take them to the best place to process, which is at the feet of Jesus. And I believe when we process things at the feet of Jesus, it doesn't stop there. It's not like the like fix all band-aid where you're like, great, I, I took this to Jesus and I'm better. It's like, no, Jesus then equips you and sends you into relationships with the people around you for you to even deeper process that, for you to heal in even deeper ways, for you to embrace things in even deeper ways. And so I believe it starts with Jesus. And then I believe Jesus is, a, is he's ascending God that then sends us back into the world, back into relationships to continue the renewal that he began in our hearts. And so, yeah, I'd say just like studying scripture to add on to what Ken said, and then literally realize they're not, yet your feelings aren't the problem and realize where you can take them in the moment. Mm. I love that, you know, we do have complicated feelings about our feelings, you know, like we all do. And that honestly might be one of the hardest parts of them is like when you, that, you know, that's one of the reasons that I love this podcast so much and love conversations with friends so much is because, you know, so often we feel something and then we feel embarrassed or shame about feeling that thing or like we're going through something and it feels hard, but we're like, that's so dumb that that's hard. It shouldn't be hard. Like, you know, you're weak or lazy or whatever for it or not good enough because this is hard for you. And like, then that feeling of shame is 
usually worse than whatever the hard thing was in the beginning, you know? And so Mm -hmm. when we can have people in it with us to um, help us like sort through some of those things and help us be a voice of kindness and grace for ourselves. Um, Because we often talk to ourselves in ways we would never talk to anybody else. And so Mm -hmm. having someone come alongside you and say like, hey, the fact that you're going through this is normal and valid. And the fact that you feel this way is okay. And um, you didn't mess up and that's not why you are feeling this way, you know, like you're okay. And then also to know that we're not alone in what we're feeling um, just takes off that extra layer of like shame or embarrassment or judgment of ourselves for going through this thing. And then we can just go through the thing. And yeah, I think the feelings we have about our feelings are are one of the hardest parts. And um, so I love the idea of not being afraid of them Uh and not... um, villainizing them and but looking at them not as the the end all be all truth about who we are um i remember my friend carly told me oh, probably 12 years ago she was like stuff you know your feelings aren't always true right mm. and i was yeah. like what like <laughs> what do, what do you mean I, like i'm yeah. still unpacking that that mm. i can feel something and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not like I can feel rejected by somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've rejected me. Um, It's it's a, yeah, there's, there's just so much to it. But I think seeing our, our, our feelings as something that's helpful and good and the language of our hearts Mm -hmm. and something that can draw us closer to each other and closer to God. It just, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have just kind of as we're finishing up, just one last like, bit of encouragement for women or, you know, something that you learned through writing this where you're like, everyone needs to know this thing. Yeah. I would say that I really believe that your feelings are to be embraced in community. Like, I really believe that there is such a safe place to work through feelings and emotions. And I love that you share that stuff of just like, I don't know, I think like so often we think we need to keep our feelings hidden. And what we're really trying to do with this study is it was written as a Bible study really intentionally. And it's like every week in the Bible study, there is a group guide very intentionally because I believe like you can do so much work on your own and your feelings and you can do so much work at the feet of Jesus. But I believe we see the fullness of God's heart for our feelings and emotions when we process them in the context of community. And when we realize like, oh, that loneliness you're feeling, even though you have 40 bazillion friends, like you feel that too? Like that's not just me. Like that's not just me who feels alone in a crowded room. And there's something really beautiful to be learned from other people. The things that God is teaching other people about their feelings and their emotions can really be the thing that like sets you free from that feeling or emotion controlling you and and numbing you out to like, other amazing feelings and emotions. And so I would just say, like, if this is speaking to you at all, like, get a group of gals together, a group of gals, I can't believe I said that, get a group of girls, (laughs) girlfriends, whatever, (laughs) together. And like, be like, guys, let's sit down and like, let's like really get real and raw about our feelings. And let's not just get real and raw so that we can have like a, you know, pity party cry circle. Like, let's get real and raw so that we can allow God to speak truth back into our feelings again. And we can keep each other accountable to not let our feelings be the things that define us and give us identity, but we can allow our God to be the things that defines us and gives us identity. And I just think that 
I love uh, that so many of us work through emotions and feelings with people who are really smart and really wise in therapy and places like that. But I also believe that there's something really valuable to be shared in making your community a safe place to be real and raw about your feelings and emotions. And Ken's like Ken said, like, I cannot tell you how many things I've told Ken's over the years that I would feel so embarrassed or ashamed to tell other friends from my past. But Ken's and I have been able to kind of establish a relationship where I can be like, hey, today I am just not in a good spot and I need your grace today. And and I need your like reminder tomorrow that I can't stay in that uh, for the next week. Like I've got to be break out of that. And so I don't know. Yeah, just uh-huh. community with your feelings. It matters so, so much. Yeah, so good. I love that. I think for me, um, honestly, my relationship with the scripture really changed as I learned more about feelings. I, you know, even just speaking to our generation, like there's just this generation that like maybe has even stopped reading scripture as much and have been caught up in their feelings and they've separated the two almost and thought as if, scripture doesn't have feelings in it and that it's just a book of instructions and it's mm. old and not relevant to today's culture and our, how we're feeling right now in, in the world. But as I dug into the scripture, I just found like it was just quite the opposite. Like, I, And I was honestly hesitant. I was like, okay, how are we going to write a Bible study about feelings? Because the Bible doesn't have feelings in it. And then as I was like looking at the Old Testament and reading all these like, old stories. And then when I looked at the life of Jesus, I was like, oh my gosh, these stories and these people really do feel a lot like me, like Mm. a lot like me. Like I was reading the story um, about Joseph's brothers who sold him into slavery. You've probably read that story before. Um, But I saw it with a new lens. I was like, whoa, his brothers are super, super hurt. And like, that's what this like resentment really is. And like, I was like, I've been there before. And just story after story of like the Old Testament, like speaking to my life and really like revitalizing my relationship with the word of God. And so, yeah, I I do feel like it's funny. It's a natural self for the study, but like if you need to get back to the word, like it's a great study to like be like, okay, wait, maybe these two things, maybe my relationship with God and my relationship with the Bible and my emotions aren't so different. I think that they can be one. And there's it's a great place to go because there's a lot of truth that will cover all those feelings. So, yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> we're going to link to everything everything having to do with you guys, but especially the Bible study um, and, the, and the devotional uh, in our show notes. So you guys can all find it there. Um, but guys, I'm just so grateful for you. And I love that you wrote this and our feelings really are such a hard, tricky thing to navigate. Um, but I love that you guys have created this tool and that you guys get to be the t- the people who create the tool that you're looking for. Um, mm. I just love you both so much. And I'm so happy to be like, I'm just sitting on the sidelines of your lives and careers and ministry. And just, I have like the hugest set of pom-poms cheering for you. So um, <laughs> I'm just hey, really glad they get so to be your cute. friends. Love you. Thanks I wasn't for expecting you to say the pom pom thing, and that got me. I love it. <laughs> me too. So uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Thank yeah. you so much. We yes. love you all. <laughs> You guys, aren't Mac and Ken's amazing? I just love them. Don't forget that if you ever want to find the links for any of the things we talk about in our Girls' Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. 
Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you'll find links for everything, including links for Mac and Ken's so you can pick up their new Bible study, listen to their podcast, and follow along with all the great stuff they're doing. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It won't send you an email or anything. It just makes sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask you a favor. If you've enjoyed this episode or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much and it really would mean so much to me. So if you'd take two quick seconds to do that, I'd be so grateful. Friends, thanks so much for joining me for Girls' Night and I'll see you next week.